Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 25th, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 28, the very first paragraph. Today's readers are Anita J. on the 12 Steps, Santa H. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the texts are uh, Rachel N. M., Katie F., Charles H., and Elaine B. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, December 24th, is 7136. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita J. to read the 12 steps. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Thank you. This is Anita J., um, recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holiday or both. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Anita J. I will now ask Santa H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone, and happy holidays to each of you in a blessed season as well. Um, my name is Santa H. from New Jersey, a grateful recover compulsive overeater, recover for today. Thank you. Thank you, God. And these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We always, I'm sorry, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, film, video, film, television, or other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personality. And I pass. Thank you, Santa H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
and press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 28. The very first paragraph will read two paragraphs and share on the second one read. And I will ask Rachel and M to get us started. Good morning, Kathy. This is Rachel. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Good morning. This is Rachel and M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. Merry Christmas to everyone. Here was the d- terrible dilemma which, in which our friend found himself when he had the extraordinary experience which, as we have told you, made him a free man. We, in turn, sought the escape, the same escape, with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed at first a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for living that really works. This escape seemed like a a flimsy read at first for sure. What was so different about it than what I had tried before? In some ways, putting the food down seemed like a diet or trying to control it. And yet, it has absolutely proved to be the powerful hand of God. It hasn't been a flimsy read at all. Rather, when I grasp it, it almost was like a dream becoming stronger and stronger enough to pull me out of the current of self, resentment, and fear. The very best part of my recovery is that without question, now I, I'm sorry, the very best part of my recovery without question is that I know now how to live. And I can't thank God often enough for my new chance at life with my new design for living that really works. That's all I have. I pass. Thank you very much, Rachel and M. Who would like to share on the second paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Nancy R. Okay, I heard Katie G. and Nancy Lonnie P. R. and Bonnie P. Why don't we start with those three? Go ahead, Katie G. Good morning, Kathy. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful this morning. Um, what a gift to be reading this. Um, When my sponsor and I got to this paragraph, she said to me, Katie, this is your turn to experience life the way God intended, right? Like I've been eating um, and I thought that I could manage my eating, right? But um, what she had reviewed with me thus far is, you know, step one, I have no power, choice, or control around the food. And I have no power, choice, or control over when I'm going to eat it again. And I think I can control it. And my life is unmanageable by me, whether I'm eating or not. You know, I can make a lot of cases as to all the crazy things I did when I was eating that seems like an unmanageable life. But my life when I'm not eating was pretty unmanageable too. 
And what I love about this is it talks about this design for living, this flimsy reed, this this like little, I don't know why God gave it to me. I don't know why God said to keep me, Katie, you are going to stop eating for just today. And, and then he gives me this whole design for living. And it literally, as we progress through the steps, what we are so, what I am so blessed to find and see is I have a way to live my entire life from the time I go to bed at night to the time I wake up in the morning, to the time I go through the entire day, a design for living that is no longer based on the KDG show, um, that is no longer based on what it is that I want. It's based on other-centered and God-centered and getting rid of self, the death of self, the death of resentment, selfishness, dishonesty, and fear. But the thing is, I have to seek it with the desperation of a drowning man. So for me, I had to be convinced. I had to face this terrible dilemma. And I'll just close by saying a dilemma is, is when you're faced with two options, neither one of them that you particularly like. And for me, thank you, God, like I was given this desperation, and I have the desperation this morning. As an abstinent recovered woman, I have the desperation this morning to take care of my food, to make it, to keep it clean, to keep this drunk off the streets with the help of God, and to live my life in this design that I have been given, which is to learn to how to be of maximum service, to fit myself to be of maximum service to God. And that is what the steps are about to train me to do. So thank you, God, for this daily reprieve that I have, and thank you, God, to not be alone today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Nancy R., please go ahead. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, to those who celebrate Christmas, a Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, I was really struck by the very last uh, sentence in the second paragraph. Uh, a new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for living that really works. And this has been really illustrated to me these past um, couple of weeks. I have lost three people that I love, well, two that I really Love dearly. One was a relative of a friend, and I mean, this has been really devastating. And and my self-centeredness really came out because it was like, wow, this happens around Christmas. This is tis the season to be jolly, and here I am dealing with enormous grief. Um, this program has taught me that I cannot deny my feelings. I have to walk through them. Uh, boy, what a wonderful gift! to be able to uh, walk through my feelings and not hide them with food and to acknowledge that this is all part of the life cycle. Uh, Before, I would have been so into the food because I had no other way of dealing with uh, feelings, be they good or bad. But today, it's a good day. Today is a wonderful day. It is Christmas. Uh, I am grieving the loss of my friends. I have a plan of eating that works. I have a sponsor, a wonderful sponsor. I have wonderful sponsees, and I have talked this thing, my feelings with them. And today, you know, I celebrate uh, the true meaning of Christmas. I'm on this wonderful meeting that my higher power has led me to. And there's one slogan that gets me through everything. It is that this too shall pass. This has been given, this way of living my life has been given me as a result of working the steps of uh, Overeaters Anonymous as outlined in the big book of AA. And for that, I am truly grateful. Uh, I didn't know how to live life before, but today I know how to get through the good and the bad times. 
I want to thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy R. Uh, Bonnie P., please go ahead. Hi, this is Lonnie P. from Florida. Oh, sorry, Lonnie. Go ahead. That's okay. That's okay. Um, Recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God. Um, What seemed at first a flimsy read has proven to be the loving and powerful hand of God. When I was first brought into the rooms with this program, I didn't know if this would work for me. It was like I was desperate. I had the gift of desperation to try anything. You know, and it took me, you know, it took me a while to build that relationship, to work the steps at a level, you know, where I I really had the spiritual experience, you know, and what I've been given is a new design for living where I turn to my higher power every day, you know, um, the loving hand of God, it's like, I, I, it's given me... I guess, you know, a way to live life because before that I didn't know how to live life, you know, and anything that gets me, you know, irritable or discontent or whatever, you know, my fear comes up. It's like my old way was to just turn to the food. And now this program, you know, this design for living has given me a way to live life you know, and to work through it and to constantly seek my higher power to give me that next right thought or action. Because without that, I'm doomed. I'm back in the food, you know. So I'm just so grateful to have been given this design for for living, you know, to be given that, you know, the the loving hand of God, you know, because today I I can move through the day. And, and all I have to do, you know, if something crops up, when it crops up, is, is turn to what I've been taught in the big book. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share, and Merry Christmas. Hi, Kathy. Charles H. This is Bella. Can I share? Okay. Just, uh, let Can? me just first say thank you to Lonnie. Debbie K. And I heard um, Charles H. And who else Rochelle? did I this is Bella. Can I share? Bella. Kim. Rochelle. Okay, I have Charles H. Bella and Kim and Rochelle. And Debbie K. Debbie, who is that? Debbie? K. Debbie K. And Bob. Nessie. Nessie. I'm sorry, who is that? Nessie. N-E-S-E. H. Okay. All right. We'll stop there, and here is the order. Charles. Wait. Can we have Kathy R's last initial, please? I mean, Kathy that spoke. Her last initial. This got me, Kathy K. Yeah, the last person that spoke. Could you just give the last Lonnie, initial? Lonnie P. Okay. Here we go. Charles H. Bella. Kim G, Rochelle, Debbie, and Nessa. Okay, Charles, please get us started. All right, good morning, uh, visionaries. My name is Charles H. Um, I eat too much of recovered visionary just for today. Um, thank you, Kathy H., for your service, your continued thir- service, Team Thursday represents. Um, you know, I'm grateful. First of all, let, let, me, let, let, let me start off like this. Um, every day 
every day for me is Christmas because I get a gift of life and a gift of being recovered. Um, every day is Thanksgiving because I have you guys and my family and, and even my enemies. So I give thanks for that. And, you know, if if I get a bright idea and, you know, don't get my treatment every day, it'll be Halloween. So I just wanted to start off right there. So, okay, um, yeah, these two paragraphs on page 28 is powerful. Every word, every letter in those words, um, a flimsy read. Before I got, before I got this vision, flimsy read, hashtag a design for living, I, 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 I identify it as being a flimsy read. But, you know, living in 10, 11, 12, and 1, um, I know the greatest gift, the greatest gift is giving it back to someone, just like it says in the forward to the first edition. That's the greatest gift for me. Um, a new life, like material stuff, I can't take it where I'm going. I can't take it where I'm going. And, and where I'm going, I don't need it. And where I'm going right now in my mind is, you know, you know, I'm around loved ones. I'm around family. I love it. Um, I'm around people that I love and that they love me. And But, but see, that's not enough. I, I need to take it, and I'm grateful for it, but I need to take it. And, and in this new design for living, I need to take the love to the people that don't have the love, the people that don't have anybody, the people that, you know, the poor and the needy. And that, that's where I meet my higher power, like to just radiate this love to all these people that need it, the powerful hand of God. You know, I thank God for his hand on my life, you know, and, and, and giving my life purpose. Like this, this, this is like a, you know, it's a, it's a euphoric feeling that replaced the food. It's a euphoric feeling, and you know, visionaries. Like I love, I love going to chapter eleven on page one fifty four when it says Bill W was pacing that lobby. You know, six months, six months abstinent. Like you know what? Like you know, he had two choices to take: either go into that bar and have a couple of drinks, or get on that directory and find somebody to give this program to. I don't care what day it is. I don't get caught up in saying you know, marry this and marry that. Every day is Christmas. Every day is Thanksgiving. And if I'm in the food, every day could be Halloween. Kaboom, hashtag, I love you guys. Have a great day and God bless. I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Um, Bella, please go ahead. And a gentle reminder that we try to keep to three-minute shares. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G. And I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. And happy holidays for all of us. Wow, I love this paragraph. And special a design for living. Yes, thank you, God, that since the, I am in the program, yes, I live a design of living. Yes, I live my life. I can live my life in freedom, in happiness. Uh, yes, it's not a, a life that I don't have my challenges. 
sometimes hard challenges, sometimes painful challenges, but they are challenges not from my ego. I don't have to prove, not to myself, not to nobody, that I have a value, that I am smart. I don't have to prove my ex existence. Thank you, God, that now I live with the power of loving and caring of the power of God. Yes, now I know that I am connected to God, and my life is, is surrounding with love and acceptance. And yes, my challenges, that sometimes are very painful challenges, it's coming from a loving and careful father. Yes, and it's a wonderful feeling that God trusts me, and he gives me those challenges not to punish me, not to tell me, oh, Bella, again you did a mistake. No, not at all. It comes because God wants me to be closer to him. And it's, it's a design of living. I am not alone. I am not lonely. I am connected to a loving and powerful power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. So we're in this chapter called There is a Solution, and this is a powerful sentence. You know, what seemed at first to be the flimsy read has proved to be a loving and powerful hand of God. So we're being introduced to the idea that having a relationship with a higher power is the solution. And if that was enough just to know that, then we would have a two-step program, right? We would admit that we're powerless, and we'd say we have a higher power, boom, we're done. You know, and I spent personally too much time in step two trying to figure it out, trying to define God, trying to figure out what characteristics God had to have. Basically, I was playing God, telling God who he should be in order for me to feel comfortable. But what this is telling us is the flimsy read is step two is just admitting I need a power. That's all it is. It's simply the conclusion I need a power. The loving and powerful hand of God is step 11. That's when I get connection. That's when I get access to that power. So how do I get from the flimsy read to the loving and powerful hand of God? How is that proved? By doing the steps in between. That was very important for me to understand. I didn't have to have a relationship with God right now. I just had to have the need for that power. And that need was going to propel me to make a decision in step three, takes actions in steps four through 12, and that was going to give me access to that power. I so complicated step two for many, many years, and that stopped me from getting the, doing the action steps, which would get me access to that power. And last I want to say was seeing would um, the same escape of the desperation of a drowning man. And I like how Katie alluded to that. I'm as desperate today as I was when I, when I needed this because I understand that that connection, which is a daily reprieve, is essential. So as powerful as today is, as I celebrate Christmas in my family, and it's a very special day to me, as far as my recovery is concerned and as far as my food is concerned, it's simply Thursday. I don't get to not practice my recovery because it's a holiday for my family. I don't get to change my food because it's a holiday for my family. I seek the solution with the desperation of a drowning man. 
And we're the only people I know who know that we're drowning and someone will throw us a life jacket of this step and we'll look at it and we'll go, huh, can I have this life jacket in pink? I know you you, you screwed me this life jacket, but I really would prefer it in pink. But it's not until we don't care what color it is, we don't care who's offering it, it's the fact that we're drowning and that we need this in order to survive. And when we pursue the solution with that desperation and take the actions that's required in this book, we're going to get the results that is promised in this book. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Uh, Rochelle, please go ahead. Press star one, Rochelle. Good morning. This is Rochelle. I wish all my Christian friends a, a happy holiday. Um, I, I find this uh, an extraordinary uh, opportunity to to look at the solution. And uh, when I when I when I read this paragraph, I think of many many years ago before I was in program. There was this charming book that I wrote read as a as a girl. It was called uh, Little Women. And there was a scene. It was on on uh, the holiday on the December twenty fifth day before the family sat down to their meal that they had baskets of food and uh, gloves that they had made. They were not rich people. They were struggling themselves, and, and they were helping others. They made sure that they took care of the needs of the poor before they sat down to their own non-luxurious meal. And when I think of that, I say to myself, that's step 12. That's uh, reaching out to others and helping others and, and not being you know, um, centered on uh, how big is the turkey or how big is the dessert or how fattening is this and how many servings am I going to have and I'm going to eat until I'm filled and I have no more room, my stomach is bursting. No, it's about turning outside myself and helping others. And uh, and, and that's what I see in this design for living for me today, that um, it's not about me. It's not about Rochelle. It's about what can I do to help someone else about seeing if God has put me here, then there's something he wants me to do to help somebody else. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rochelle. Um, Debbie, uh, please go ahead and give us your first initial of your last name. Press star one, Debbie. Good morning. My name is Debbie Kay. Thank you. Okay. So the name of this chapter is There is a Solution. And if I had to give a subtitle to this paragraph, I would call it There is a Prayer. So I am in the recovery process. My sponsor just brought me through step one and currently step two. And I have this vision in my head of me being in this boggy marsh, that when I step down into this boggy marsh, my toes feel the muddiness underneath me, and my the water around me clouds up. It's unclear. I can't see through it from the muck on the bottom. And that muck on the bottom is my food and the the desperation that I feel. And I grab onto this flimsy reed and I sink further into the mud and into the food. 
I was into the food for 25 years. And then there is this being standing next to me with his hand out, inviting me to take the hand. But my other hand is stuck in the food, and I cry out, I am afraid. I am afraid. And the higher power says back to me, let go. I am here. And there is the loving and powerful hand of my higher power. This paragraph is my favorite paragraph in the entire book because it tells me there is a bridge it teaches me how am I going to get this spiritual um, solution? It's right here, Debbie. Step out of the boggy marsh, open your left hand, cry out to the higher power, I am afraid. Will you support me? Will you take me out of this? And the higher power says, let go. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Debbie Kay. And um, Nessa, you'll be our last share on these paragraphs. Please go ahead. Thank you. My name is Nessa. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And um, I feel it's such a treat. I feel so privileged to participate live. Um, I listen to a vision for you every single day on the recording, but I am unable to... Um, to make the 7 a.m. time on a regular basis. So this is like such a, such a thrill for me. Um, and I want to focus on the concept of a design for living because um, we're always going to have a design for living. My design for living before I went through the steps as outlined in the big book was to, uh, to bulldoze my way. And I'm not talking just about the food. I'm talking about living in general. I would bulldoze my my way through, elbows out, um, every situation, everybody's life, trying to impose my will. It was, it was not only self-will run riot, it was self-reliance run riot. And even when I came into program, before I worked the steps as they're supposed to be worked, um, according to the big book and in all my affairs, um, I, I think, like, how, how, could, how could God not want what I want? Like, my... my my desires, my objectives are so noble that I, even in program for eight years that I was uh, floundering, you know, in and out of abstinence, I convinced myself, like, how, my, 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 my motives are so right. How could God not want this? And I thought, you know, my will surely must be God's will. Uh, the transformation came, of course, as I, my sponsor took me through, through, the, through the 12 steps. And now, my will is aligned with God's will. And, you know, the <laughs> counterintuitive um, um, aspect to it, which I wouldn't have thought before I actually went to the steps, is that I am happier. Even though I'm not getting my way, I am happier. And everybody else around me is happier. It's not just uh, me who's benefiting from the 12 steps. It's everybody whom I love, the people whom I was trying to benefit um, you know, just by trying to impose my will are benefiting by my backing off 
and aligning my will with God. And with that, I pass, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to share live. My name is Nessa, compulsive overeater, recovered in Toronto. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Can you give us the first initial of your last name, please? Uh, My uh, initial is R. R, thank you. Okay, I'm going to ask Katie S. now to read the next full paragraph for us. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. The distinguished American psychologist William James, in his book Variety of Religious Experience, indicate the multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. What we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all. It means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship on simple, simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. And this is just such a great um, paragraph because it, it is, you know, what happened with me. I mean, when I came in, when I finally got absent and was finally willing to put down the food for God willing the last time, um, you know, my sponsor was in a completely different religion than me. But that didn't matter. Um, we uh, believe in this God and we both believe that God is who has to be in control. And, you know, it's my experience. I can share it with others, but um, the daily thing, it keeps evolving and growing and growing on a daily basis. And, you know, I can share where I am right now. Um, and someone who may be, you know, just getting abstinent. And my experience that I'm having today may help person. Um, or I can share with them what I did, you know, when I got abstinent many years ago. And the thing is, is that it's a daily reprieve. It is not a magic formula that I figured it out, you know, many years ago, and that's what I continue to do. That would just get dead and dried up and blow away. I have to keep a live and flowing relationship with my higher power. You know, I, um, I love the analogy of the Dead Sea. I mean, they have found that there is value in the Dead Sea. You know, it creates this salt that can be used for certain things. But you can't drink it. It's not going to give you life in that way. It's not sustaining like flowing water. And that's what my relationship with God is. is it flows like a babbling brook. You know, I picture the Colorado Rockies where the um, the snow melts and then you have this clear water running down, um, you know, whatever it's called, um, where they have this cold water that is so uh, energizing and life-giving. And that's what I have today with my relationship with my higher power. Um, And I, you know, love to share that with people who are in the, you know, so um, enmeshed in what's going on in their life at that moment. And, you know, I've had experience after experience where all I had to do was turn away from what was going on and ask for God's help. And that usually comes through uh, the mouths of the people on these phone lines. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, KDF. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Leia S. Okay, Leia S. Go ahead, Leia. This is, thank you. This is Leia S. from Brooklyn, New York. And I want to talk about um, the relationship that is in simple and understandable terms and that we are willing and honest enough to try. Now, I, um, I always have to renew my relationship every single day, every single day, through my trials and my tribulations and my food and my, 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 my life. I do that every single morning, every single day, because um, it's a new experience to me. It's a new experience to me, um, life, every single day. Thank you. I will pass. Thank you, Ray. <clears throat> Who else would like to share? Mary. Uh, Mary can you hear me, Kathy? Vasa? Mary? Kathy? Leah? Vasa? Okay, I heard Mary, Sarah W, um, uh, Vasa, and Leah. Anybody else? B. Who is that? Lori B. Okay. Okay, let's stop with those because we may run out of time. Uh, Mary, go ahead, please. And it's Mary A. and Kathy. I, I'm in a car, so if you have a timer... You could time me. I appreciate it. Okay. Good morning, everybody. A Merry Christmas to those who are celebrating. And I would like to share on all the paragraphs I've heard um, a new design for living. Oh, my goodness. A new design for living. And for me, that is, I don't eat too much anymore. I don't eat too much anymore. I don't eat the way I used to. I don't think the way I used to, and I don't act the way I used to. And when I think of Roland Hazard, you know, we do, Roland Hazard and I have something very in common. They said he was a religious man. I have never cared for that term myself. Spiritual is more like it for me. But we did, we probably share the same faith. And, you know, from what I understand about him and about myself, I was raised by a a mother who really didn't want me. She put a death wish on me when I was in the womb. So that's where my food problems started because she didn't want another girl. It was her number five girl. But, um, you know, she gave me two things that were so precious. And I love her dearly for it. She gave me life when she could have aborted me. And she gave me a faith a faith in a higher being God. And even at a, yellow, a little age, that little seed she planted grew and grew and grew. But as I got older, because I was so unwanted and so rejected, I, like Roland Hazard, when it came to the food, I couldn't find a solution in my faith. Yet, they prayed with me. And I did sometimes have years of sobriety. But I never, and then when menopause came in and all the things that happened in that womb, and I wanted to kill myself again, and oh, it was horrendous, and all of that came up, I ate and I ate till the disease of diabetes was 
in a wheelchair and going into a nursing home. But I didn't find the solution in my faith to this food problem until God, I yelled out in pity, God, have mercy on me. Please, God, I'm dying, please. And he gave, sent me to the room. He sent somebody in another room who I shared the secret with. And she said, just take a number and dial it. And I would listen to all of you and into other rooms. It didn't make any sense at first, but I found the solution. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Um, let's see. Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. This is Sarah W. from Iowa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I woke up at 28 after 6, and the meeting starts at 6, and I <laughs> jumped out of bed because I always am up early, early, and um, I have off today. And uh, You know, my higher power is so good to me to have heard certain words that I I needed to hear um, a design for living is what we really have with the steps. And um, in all honesty, I have probably 150 names from a vision for you on my phone. I have no OA where I live. And um, I've been abstinent almost a year. And I've been in the program since 1995. And I really do have a different way of living, of looking at life. You know, as was said, you know, today I can try to be of service to other people and my family and, um, you know, issues come up as we go along in recovery and um, I'm able to work through those issues through a step 10 or 11 um, and I am try to always maintain myself in the first step and the 12th step. Uh, but I wanted to say that my mother used to tell me that she thought that this was a cult and that, um, you know, I was from a Jewish background and um, she was very concerned about my involvement in it. And one day before she died, she was able to listen to a meeting that was a new meeting with me. Um, she, had, she had cancer already and she was able to hear the beauty of And she said to me, oh my God, Sarah, it's just spiritual, isn't it? And I'm so grateful that, um, you know, that my mother was able to understand and and see my joy and see my peace. Because even though I have, you know, we all have troubles, you know, there are things that come along, you know, whether it be raising a child that's a teenager that's defiant or, you know, struggles with our spouse or work or whatever it is, you know, things come along and we can work through those things. That's what the design for living is. So I just wanted to let my gratitude be known that I'm grateful that the way uh, the book was written, it is for all people, uh, whatever their creed, whatever their race, whatever their religion, and that that the way it says it, um, that we can form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Uh, Rasha O., please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. And I am Vasa O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from uh, Florida. And, uh, again, every day 
is a holiday for me to be abstinent and to have a peace and joy. And no matter what I go and what circumstances that I have to go through, that I can sustain, you know, in that power that I get from God. My new design of living started uh, when I came to Overeaters Anonymous in October 25, 1986. I, um, again, I had to face my dilemma. I could not stop eating compulsively, and no other human power could do it for me. And it's not like I didn't or, or, or I didn't listen to other people that um, before I came to recover to the programs, I was always looking for the solution out there. Maybe I'll try this or maybe I'll try that, what the doctor says or the next diet or whatever. And there was nothing more to try. And this was my last stop. And I also thought, yeah, this is going to be a cult. You know, I never told my parents, you know, especially my father. He, he's, he was a religious person, you know. And I never told him that I belonged to overeaters. And, you know, he would, they would have thought it's a cult, you know. So for a while, I didn't tell anybody. And they only thought it's just a weight watch. It's just another phase she's going through. And, and that's it, you know. And it'll just go by again for a day or two and she'll go back into the food addiction. But again, for me, no other human power could have saved me or do it for myself. I needed to find a power greater than myself. And I was ready to surrender on my knees in my desperation. And I'm so grateful that I had the willingness and the desire to do that. And and I did that that moment that night. And I I was um, I was transformed from life from death to life, you know. And I know I had that power of God that touched me. And then I, you know, that was just the beginning. You know, that was just very, very beginning. So what am I going to do with my life? And, you know, uh, how am I going to adapt the 12 steps going? But God kept on giving me the power, the strength, the courage to keep going. But that's what I wanted at the, the beginning. I just wanted to get thin. That's all. I thought that was the problem I had, and I'm just going to leave. I thank God I listened, I stayed there and listened, and I stayed there, and I'm still here. And now it's just giving it away, what has been so generously given to me. It's such a free program, you know. It doesn't cost anything, and and that's what that's my service. That is my mission, to just give it away. That's what my sponsor, sponsor said to me. You don't have to do nothing for me. Just give it away what God is doing for you, what he's done for you all, you know, what he's doing. So I'm just so grateful that I have this program and I've stayed in it and I know people have come and they've gone. Some of them returned. Some of them never returned. So I'll just wrap it up. I just, again, I haven't lost a pound yet, but I accepted you know, the higher power in my life that night. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you. Leah M., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship. 
you know, and this is a message of hope, meaning that, you know, no matter where our, you know, where we come from, what our backgrounds are, or, uh, ethnic origins, et cetera, that we have an opportunity to form a relationship, that this is the critical point. You know, as you can see here in this paragraph, it's not, you know, if what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that we stay sober. It means that we have a relationship, meaning that the solution is to have a relationship with spirit, with some power greater than ourselves, which will remove the problem. So it's that relationship, that spiritual journey uh, that allows for the ego and the intellect to be fired uh, as one's guide, and it's replaced by a different guide, and that guide is submission to God. And only when the ego and intellect are dethroned can this relationship rule in one's life, and it's these steps that allow for that uh, relationship to be developed. I mean, our book suggests that we quit playing God because it doesn't work, and that we decide to establish a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And that's exactly what the key, the solution to this program is. And what the steps do is remove the barrier. We all have that power deep down within us. What the steps do is remove that barrier between us and God. And when we get rid of the resentment, the fear, the dishonesty, we will have a consciousness of God, whatever that means to you. Because it means ultimately that we will have a psychic change, a psychological personality change sufficient to overcome the mental obsession which sends us back to the food. So these program, this program and these steps mean that we get to live out of the center of our being in this relationship, not to be content to rest on the surface of life, but to live out of the depths of our being because it's in those depths, this paragraph is telling me, is where we find God. So the essence of what the steps do for us is remove the things that block us from that higher power deep down within us. So the spiritual journey really consists of getting rid of the things so that the spiritual person that resides in each and every one of us can be revealed. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Um, and Lori, can you take a one-minute share? Thank you. Press star one, Lori, to unmute. Are you there, Lori? Press star one. Yes, I am. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, and I'd like to ask you to take a short share. Cause we can... Go ahead. Okay, I'm Lori B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovering in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, the part of this last paragraph that we read that really gets to me is, and I'll condense it, um, all of us are the children of a loving creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and shifting up to And um, I got all of that in and done each time I work this program, uh, I've been in this program since 2001, up to the willing part. I was always willing. I was willing to stop feeling like I wanted to die. I was willing to stop bursting out of my clothes. I was willing to go to meetings and to pick up the book. But the component that I was missing was the honesty. And I finally got honest enough to say I can't handle sugar. I have an allergy to that. 
Then I finally got um, honest enough to say I have an allergy to dairy products. Then I got honest enough to say I have an allergy to potato products. <clears throat> but um, I got hung up on the honesty about needing to weigh and measure my food. I never thought that that was necessary for me. But um, the honesty was that I could not look at something and tell what a proper serving size of that was. And even with my water, you know, if you ask me, oh, I drink lots of water. Well, when I started weighing and measuring how much water, how many ounces of water I was drinking a day, I was barely drinking two cups. And so I had to look at that portion of my honesty with my food um, and also with my feelings and emotions and why I was angry and why I was not having this connectivity with God, even though I've been in programs since 2001. And when I was able to add that honesty component in there, I was able to begin to recover. And um, it was just a miracle. I'd heard it happening for everybody else, but it never happened for me. It always eluded me. But when I was really honest enough to look at where my program was, what I was or was not doing, um, then I asked God for the honesty to get me over that hump. And it finally came a couple of years ago on this program, dialing into a vision for you, getting a strong sponsor in this program. Um, the honesty finally came after over 10 years in program, and I'm, I'm grateful today that it came. And it means that today, while I'm with my family celebrating the holiday, I will have my scale, I will have my measuring cups, and I will have to do that. And they love me anyway. They accept it, and they're probably happy that I am out of the food so that they're not spending the holiday with crazy Lori. Um, and it's great, and it, it feels wonderful to learn to be honest. I had to learn that. It did not come natural to me. Thanks for letting me share, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you, Lori. Okay, it's now time to close the meeting. Thank you, everyone, who has shared. Uh, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 and follow that with the serenity prayer. Charles H., would you please read A Vision for You? Sure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit, some, transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.